0: Good morning, everyone. As you might have noticed, I'm hobbling this morning. Uh, For those of you who are here on New Year's Day, you might have heard me mention I was going to take up running again. I decided to run up a hill yesterday morning, and I'm struggling with it today. Uh, My calves are very sore, so I'm moving a little bit slower than I have been. We gather together for this morning's uh, service of Holy Communion. Uh, We're going to gather together, come before God for refreshment in whatever way we're here today, that we are welcome at his table. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him for he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness by his wounds you have been healed.
1: Our reading is from St Paul's second letter to the Corinthians, chapter one, reading verses one to three, one to eleven. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the church of God in Corinth, together with all the all the saints throughout Achaia. Grace and peace to you from God our Father. And the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us all in our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. For just as the sufferings of Christ flow over into our lives, so also through Christ our comfort overflows. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in your patience endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. And our hope for you is firm, because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, so also you share in our comfort. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about the hardships we suffered in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired even of life. Indeed, in our hearts, we felt the sentence of death. But this happens that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God, who raises the dead. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us. On him we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us, as you help us by your prayers. Then many will give thanks on our behalf, for the gracious favour granted us in answer to the prayers of many. This is the word of God.
2: Thanks be to God. Thank you, Noreen. Today uh, we start a new series um, in the book of 2 Corinthians that we've heard uh, read for us. Um, This is entitled Strength in Weakness and and that's often something that we crave, isn't it? Whenever we feel weak, we might feel strong. Um, How um, do the Scriptures speak into those moments, those situations, those places of hardship, those difficulties um, that we find ourselves in? How can we trust God in those moments? That's really uh, what we're going to look at through this book um, of 2 Corinthians. We're going to see that life is relational. We know that. We're born for relationships. It's very hard not to be In a relationship with someone uh, on some level and all of our relationships are on different levels like it or not try as we may we cannot be but in a relationship Uh, whether that's um, at the shop uh, with the person who's selling us our milk whether that's with a spouse whether that's with a partner whether that's (coughs) with our school teacher whether that's in our places of work whether that's in church whether that's our neighbors we're in some level of relationship with other people constantly and all of the time and depending whether you're an extrovert or whether you're an introvert it depends on how you really like or dislike some of those relationships and as i shared with you before um, whenever we could go for um selection and uh, to be trained uh, for the church of our ministry uh, we're psychologically tested i know that's hard to believe that i managed through that uh, but i did do it twice um, and still standing here uh, but the psychologist told me that as i said before one day i think i'm a learned extrovert there you are I'm naturally an introvert and um, so naturally I shy away from things but because of what it is that I do and because I'd been in ministry for many years before I offered myself for ordination I'm a learned extrovert I learned to be an extrovert I learned to walk into your room and be a little bit noisier than what I naturally would be I learned how to go and approach people who I don't know and say hello um, but actually That affects my relationships with other people sometimes because sometimes you probably all look at me and think, oh, there's an extrovert, (laughs) quite a loud person. He appears into the room and you can hear him coming before you actually see him. But some days, I just want to be on my own. Is that an awful admission for a minister to say? Um, But some days you just want to retreat into that space actually where it's just you, a cup of coffee, and maybe a good book, and just a little bit of space uh, all on your own. People tell me that the easiest way to do that is to get up early before your children. Mine gets up at 10 to 6. There we are. But this book of 2 Corinthians is all about relationships. Not perfect ones, but real ones. Uh, The Bible doesn't portray anything as perfect. But it portrays those places where we can look in and we can relate to those individuals, those characters, those situations, and where we can learn from them. Because we know that life isn't always easy. We know that life can be difficult. But we also know that Jesus wants to meet us in those places of hardship, of difficulty, places where we sometimes feel as if the world is crumbling all around us. He wants to meet us in those places and not leave us hanging. Where relationships are strained or difficult where our competence is questioned in our places of work, where our health is threatened. It's in these places, it's in these places that we don't want to show others our weakness, isn't it? If we're honest, it's in those moments that we don't want to appear to be weak to other people. But yet it's in our weakness that we find strength. That's what the Scriptures tell us. That's the paradox of the Christian faith, that in our weakness we receive strength. As we'll see later in this book, my grace is sufficient for you, Jesus says, because my power is made perfect in weakness. It's in these places that God brings his strength into our moments of apparent weakness. It's in these places that God gives us opportunities, not for us to do the supernatural, but for the supernatural to happen around us and to us by his power and by his presence. And so, before we look at these uh, first verses of Corinthians today, let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for this opportunity um, to delve into your word, to take a particular section, uh, a book of the scriptures, and to walk our way through it over the next number of weeks. And whatever that lays before us as we approach each of those topics, those conversations, those discourses, Father God, we pray that by your spirit you would enlighten us that by your word we will be strengthened. So it's not my word, but it is your word that speaks deep into our very heart and being today. In your name. Amen. Amen. Often we don't know where to start because we look in the wrong place. Alright. not right? So, Shirley's car key wasn't working. Wouldn't open the door. Wouldn't start the car. And um, So I decided I was going to change the battery in the car key. Now, being a man, something I can do. Don't need instructions. I just take a screwdriver to the car key. And so I took a screwdriver to the car key. Didn't work. I got bits of it off, but I couldn't get the rest of it off. I could see the battery, but I couldn't get the battery out. Um, and eventually I had to resort to what all good people do, and they go to YouTube to find a video these days, don't they? We? I we watched a YouTube video that explained really easily how to do it. And so I had to put the thing back together again to start from the beginning again because I'd went the wrong way at the first place. And so actually it took me more time doing it because I started in the wrong place because I was looking in the wrong place because I thought I could do it all by myself rather than actually admitting that I might have needed some help. Now, as a man, that's probably the only time in my life that I'll ever need to look for instructions. Um, But sometimes we do that, don't we? We often don't know where to start because we don't look in the right place. We start off in our own strength. We start off in our own knowledge and we don't fall back into that place of the scriptures or that place of God's presence and seek what it is that he could do or how he could show us what it is that we are to do. Because if we looked in the right place, if I had watched that video before, I could have done it in less than half the time um, and I would have known the exact way to do it rather than getting confused and having to restart um, all over again. So in terms of our relationships, Where is the right place to start? Well, let's look at this passage. Um, It's 2 Corinthians um, chapter 1, verse 3 says this. Praise be to the God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our troubles so we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort that we ourselves have received from God. Kind of a bit of a tongue twister and how it throws itself about there, isn't it? the Father of all compassion, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our troubles so we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort that we ourselves have received from God. Kind of a paraphrase as I prayed through that verse, a paraphrase that I had in my head was eyes up and ready to receive. (laughs) That we look to God because He is able to comfort us. And whenever we look to God and see that He is able to comfort us, then we are able to reach out and comfort those around us. Often we reach out to comfort those around us, reach out, and we can expend ourselves. We can lose the strength or the energy within us without actually receiving from God in the first place. Verse 5 says, For just as the sufferings of Christ flow over into our lives, we also, through Christ, our comfort overflows. Christ's suffering flows into our lives. That's a kind of a really strange kind of phrase, isn't it? Christ's suffering flows into our lives. Who, if I was to ask you to show of hands, who would put their hands up to say, I would like some suffering today, please? That would be absolutely wonderful. But Christ's suffering flows into our lives is something completely different. His sacrifice, His suffering on a cross that leads to freedom and a path to eternity flows into your lives. And so Christ's suffering, His payment's for all of our sins, flows into our lives and allows us to walk with a different gate in our step. Allows us to walk to a different direction and a different place. And it's through that that we are able to win. It's in that moment with eyes up, ready to receive from Him, that we can receive something completely outside of ourselves and realize that we can do what it is that we find ourselves in the middle of. His 1st 6 says, If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you a patient endurance of the same sufferings that we suffer. It's because of Christ's suffering that He knows what it is that we are going through. He can empathize with us. He can walk beside us. He can understand. And so whenever we look to Him, We can receive from him in order that we can chart a path through what it is that we find ourselves in. And our hope for you is firm because you know that just as you share in our sufferings, so also you share in our comfort. Paul is speaking to the Corinthian church and he's saying, look, I'm going through a great hardship. My faith in Christ is out there. I am being persecuted for us. I am suffering because of it. But you know that in as you share in that suffering, you can also receive comfort because I have received comfort, Paul says. And that's the beauty of being a member, a part of a congregation, a body of believers, a church. Made up of diverse and different people from different walks of life, going through different life situations at different stages and ages and seasons of life. Where we can lean in and share with each other where we can support each other, where we can walk beside each other. Not that we might have all the answers, but where we can draw alongside and comfort other people because we once may have been in a very similar situation. Because he comforts us, we can do the same for others. This is the intimate, abiding relationship that the Savior gives to the saved, that the Father gives to the child. How we receive from Jesus will ultimately affect all of those other relationships that we started off talking about today. Our ability to receive from Jesus Christ and His presence through the power of the Holy Spirit today, encountering in His Word today, will affect all of our relationships. It will affect relationships whenever we get caught up at traffic lights. might try to calm me down a little bit whenever I reflect on. It it will affect our relationships as we encounter people in our workplaces, other parents at the school gate. As we encounter each other in this building and in this space and time, how we receive from Jesus affects everything else that we do as a believer. Because verse it says, we do not Want you to be uninformed, brothers, about the hardships that we suffered in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so we despaired even of life. Indeed, if our hearts, we felt a sentence of death. But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. This is the moment where Paul shifts the thinking in this passage. This is the moment where he's been talking about relationships and suffering and how hard life has been for, for him and how he is received from Christ in that. But this is the moment where he shifts the tone of the letter as it begins. This is the moment where he shifts the perspective and he says, but this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raised Christ from the dead. That's the moment where he is telling the Corinthian church it's not about you, it is about Him. That's the moment where he's saying, don't rely on your own strength, you're looking in the wrong place. Because in this moment of weakness, as we'll see as we walk through the rest of this book, in this moment of weakness, God gives us opportunities Opportunities to change and shape and be molded into something different like we did in the kids' talk today. Opportunities to become a better version of who God has created us to be. Opportunities to share and to show God's love around us. Opportunities for other people to ask questions and say, hold on a minute, how are you still standing? (laughs) All that stuff that's happening to you, where do you get your strength from? Where do you get your peace from? Where do you get your hope? Paul saw those hardships as opportunities. Opportunities to seek God, to receive from God, but also opportunities to say, this isn't all about me. Eyes up and looking for the opportunities that God might have for us. Paul goes on to say in verse 10, he has delivered us from such a deadly peril that he will deliver us. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us. Past and future tense in the one sentence. He has done it in the past, and he will do it again. Those are the moments where we call God's past faithfulness into our present situation. Well, that's God's past faithfulness to us as individuals. Maybe someone else that we know, or as we read it in the Scriptures. But we call God's past faithfulness into our present circumstances. And we say, God, I know that you can do this because you have done it in the past. And in that moment, our eyes are lifted up when we receive from him. Because we no longer rely on our own strength. And so his strength becomes apparent in our weakness. Verse 10 goes on to say, On Him we have set our hope that He will continue to deliver us. And as you help by your prayers, hope. The lifeblood of the Christian really, isn't that? The hope that this is not all that there is. The hope that God can do even more, immeasurably more than all we ask, seek or even dare to imagine. And we know that whenever we find ourselves in those difficult places, that the prayers of other people encourage us, help us, and strive to push us forward. And that's exactly what Paul's saying here. On him we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us, that God will step into our situation, that he will—he is able to do it, and so we pray that he will do it in this moment. And as you help by your prayers, Often whenever someone tells us a situation that they're involved in or that has come around them or that they find themselves in in this moment, our or immediate thought can be, what can I do to help? And we think about all the practical things that we might be able to do. And then almost as a parting shot, we say, I'll pray for you. But in actual fact, what Paul is saying is, the greatest help that we can give is our prayers for each other. There is hope. There is a reason to pray. Looking to Jesus has never been more real than in this moment that you find yourself in right now, right here. Because then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favour granted us in answer to the prayers of many. Oh, that God would do that in this place today. That his grace would be sufficient is his power is made perfect in our weakness. So how are you, preacher included, how are we going to allow God's presence to affect our situations and our relationships this week? How are we going to take a step back to pause, to pray and to seek His strength as our first course of action? Let's pray together. Father God, for all that we held dear, we give to you. Help us in this moment to receive afresh and anew from you. That we might know that your presence is real, true and tangible. That above all else, you are able to do immeasurably more than all we ask, seek, or even dare to imagine. So Father God, come. By the power of your spirit. Be present with us and show us your strength in the midst of our weakness. In your name. Amen. We're going to close today by using familiar words for many of us, maybe, not maybe for all of us of the grace. And we're going to come on the screen. What I encourage you to do as we say this prayer over each other and for each other as we leave this place today. Um, is to look around as we do so um, and to pray it over um, each other. Let's say the grace, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. And with the blessing of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit reside upon each one of us and upon our homes today. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Don't rush away. There is tea and coffee as well.